Amen. You know, these past couple of uh, of weeks and days, you know, it's just been hard, especially when you're trying to do ministry in school and all that. You know, I'm sure you, a lot of people in this place can relate to what it's like to be busy. But man, I've just made up in my mind that that I don't have time to be bitter. I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time to be afraid to doubt. We in this place, we don't have time to be worrying about ourselves anymore because there's way too much to do. God is too good, and he, he needs to be glorified in our lives. Amen? So I want you, you know, along with me, to make up in your mind that when, when times get hard, that we don't have time to be having those pity patty parties for ourselves. We don't have time to, to cry ourselves to sleep at night. It's time to get on our knees and battle. Amen. It's time to glorify God. And when the devil starts messing for you to go preach the gospel and kick him right back in the head where he needs to be kicked. Amen. And, and as you're doing the work of the ministry, I want you guys to, to just find the joy in it. To, to remember the purpose, the reason why you're doing it. Amen? And in this room, if you feel like you have no purpose and you feel like you're just continuing to go round and round in circle, like I did at one point in my life before I knew Christ, I felt like I had no purpose in life. I felt like I, I, there was nothing that I loved to do. There was nothing that I enjoyed. I had no passion. It's because I didn't know Christ, number one. And he was my purpose. And my purpose was to know him and to make him known. My purpose now is to what? Plunder hell. Everybody say plunder hell and populate heaven. Come on, that sounds powerful, doesn't it? I love when I hear that. Your purpose, I'll say that again, in this room is to plunder hell. Bring back all that the devil has taken and populate heaven. That's our purpose in this life is to love God and then to love people. And how do we love them? It's by telling them the truth. By going out in the street, dying to our flesh, to the cold, to the rejection, and going out in the street and preaching the true gospel no matter what. Whether we hurt feelings, whether we, you know, we get compliments or not, we preach the gospel. The gospel that brings good news, that brings freedom. The true gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died on a cross for us because we're all sinners. But he comes and he brings freedom to us and he breaks us from the sin. And we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen? There is no one righteous, not even one. Everybody say, not even one. Oh, man. That's hard. Come on, think about it. There's no one righteous, not even one. Think about yourself. That's including you and I. That's including, including your sweet little grandma. She's not righteous. Come on, she don't have Jesus. There's no one righteous, not even one, which is why we need Jesus Christ, which is why it is our job to preach the gospel everywhere we go we don't have time to be in a hurry because we have to do our own things we need to preach the gospel everywhere we go we need to make it a point to preach the gospel we need to make opportunities create opportunities leave early leave to work early go take a walk and expect the lord to put somebody in your place 
Because if there's no one righteous, not even one, we're all damned to hell. We all have eternity in hell, and I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would give every person, including myself, a new revelation of what hell is. This is not some fairy tale that we tell. This is not something that needs to get old. It needs to be so real and so fresh in our hearts. We're not just some good church kids. You are in this place for a reason. There's a, every person in this room is called to be a soldier. Is called to preach the gospel, to bring people, to gather God's children up so that we can bring them to the kingdom. Let's turn to Romans 3, 3, 9. Every person in this room, no matter where you are, no matter where you're working right now, where you've gone to get an education, I'm telling you, there's people in this room that are not satisfied where they are. I know there's people in this room who are doing a job, who are working a job and are not satisfied where they are, and that's because you are called to preach the gospel. You are called to to serve God above all things. You are called to serve God before anything else, to share the good news of what God has done, to testify, to share your testimony over and over and over again because it brings glory to him. When you tell the world how good he is and what he's done in your life and how he set you free and how he's working on you and how although you were a sinner and you messed up time and time again, he forgave you, that gives him glory. It pleases the Father in heaven. It's a pleasing aroma when you glorify him in the midst of sinners, when you glorify him among strangers, when you are uncomfortable just to give him glory. It pleases him. Do you understand that? It pleases our Father in heaven when we stand in the cold and we're freezing, but yet we're still standing out there with a smile ready to share the truth with people. It pleases the Father that even though we may not be able to answer all the questions out there and we still stand firm in our faith and we know who our Creator is, we know who our Savior is, it pleases Him. Come on, get excited. Don't let it be old. Don't let Sunday mornings be old. Oh, here we go again. We're going to sing a couple songs. We're going to get on our knees. We're going to do our prayer stations. Oh, and then cross over at night. Okay, boom, I did it. Don't let it be old. Come on. We serve the living God who wants to move, who wants to move in the city of Chicago, who's ready to tear down some strongholds through you. Get excited. I'm excited. Come on. I'm excited when we go out to Wicker Park and people begin to tear up. I'm excited when drunk people begin to curse me out because I know I'm doing something, something good. I'm excited when ice cream's thrown at us. (laughs) I'm excited because the devil is mad. And when he's mad, you're doing something good. Amen? Paul here is writing to the Romans about righteousness. I'm sorry. Yes, he's writing a letter to them. And here in this passage, he's addressing the Jews. The Jews who had the law, who had the traditions, who had it, you know, the, the perfect life because they knew that that they were right, that God was their father and he was their protector. But he's telling them right here that there's no one righteous, not even one. He's saying, you religious person over there, you're not even righteous. Even though you're, you're doing the traditions, the ceremonial washings, and even though you're doing the sacrifices, you are not righteous. Come on, Paul was stepping on some toes. It was a letter, though, so, you know. They couldn't stone him or anything at that time. They couldn't get mad at him. 
just like that. But he was stepping on some toes. And he's saying, all that extra work that you're doing, it is not pleasing the Father. You're not righteous. You can't do it on your own. The law was given to you, but you know what? God looked down, and he didn't find not one righteous. He searched the hearts of man, and he did not find anyone who was righteous. Let's read it. It says, what shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We, he's saying the Jews. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. We'll keep reading in a minute. All under sin. Jews and Gentiles. Come on, Protestants and, and and Catholics. All under sin. Humanitarians, environmentalists, good people. We are all under sin. Religious leaders of our day all under sin. Come on, the ministers that we look up to, without Christ, they're under sin. I'm under sin. We all need Jesus Christ. We all need to get on our knees and repent before a holy God. Whether you've been saved for 20 years or 20 minutes, you and I need to repent. You and I sin all the time. We get angry. We get bitter. We get hurt. We need to repent of our sins because those are stains and blemishes within us that keep us from the glory. But see, God knew that we are imperfect. When he gave us the law and his children couldn't even keep it, he gave us his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Everybody say Jesus. In verse 23, it states, we'll get to, we'll get to 323, but it states that we've all fallen short of God's glory. That means there's a standard That means that God has a standard that he is calling us to be, but we're all falling short of it. And we'll continue to fall short of it. Think about earthly matters. When we try to do good in this life, we fall short. A couple months ago, I wanted to go green. Right, Jared? I I wanted to go green, and I wanted to just always turn off the lights and use a little bit of water and walk everywhere. It lasted one day. It lasted one day because I was living, living at Rick and Rachel's and we didn't have recycling. So I was like, I'm just going to throw this out the window. <laughs> we fall short of the things, the goals that we set up for ourselves here on this earth. We've all set resolutions, New Year's resolutions, goals, vows, whatever you want to call them. We've probably thrown them away by now. It's only been 10 days. You know, some of us have said, well, I'm going to work out, I'm going to wake up early, and I'm just going to be healthy. You know, and how many times have you worked out so far? How many times have you vowed that you're going to wake up early and spend time with the Lord for a whole hour? How many times have you done it? How many times? You said that you were going to dream. Come on, I said I was going to dream. I was going to believe. I was going to have faith like a child. And this week, I was just freaking out the whole week. You know? (laughs) This is just hard times. We fall short of the earthly things, the tangible things here in front of us, how much more are we going to fall short of the things that are unseen? We fall short of God's glory. But yes, there's a standard. The standard is to be perfect, right? Like our Heavenly Father is perfect. But us alone cannot do it. We need Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on. There's a calling to be perfect. Will you answer? Come on. Let me see. We are weak. Every person. Come on. Every person, pastors, ministers, priests. I had to break it to a woman in Wicker Park the other day that her priest was a sinner just like her. 
that Mary was a sinner just like her. She didn't like it. Come on. In the eyes of this world, when I, before Christ, I was a good person. My family would look at me and they would compare me to my cousins and they would say, oh, well, she's not pregnant. She's not on drugs. She's still living at home. She's working. She's a good daughter. She cleans. She helps. She's a good daughter. In the eyes of my family, I was good. I was respectful to my family. In the eyes of my friends, I was good. I was there for them when they had trouble. I was there with them to drink, to hang out, to go to the clubs, to go shopping. I was good. I was a good person in their eyes. I didn't hurt them. I didn't backstab them, sleep around with their boyfriends. I was good. That's the standard. Co-workers, in their eyes, I was good. I was on time to work. I did what I had to do. I would go above and beyond my expectations. In their eyes, I was a good person. But in the eyes of God, I was a lover of this world. I was rebellious. I was a God-hater. I was selfish. I was sexually immoral. I was a drunkard. Come on, I was a liar. That's the one that gets me the most. I was a liar. In order to get my way, I lied through everything. In the eyes of God, I was worthless. Come on, that's a powerful word. That's, that's a hard word to take in. I was worthless. You keep reading on, which we will. It says we become worthless. See, when, when there's a purpose in our life and we fail to meet those expectations, we become worthless. Like my coffee maker at home. see the girls know I love this coffee maker my mom bought me it's meant to make coffee keep it warm for us until we're ready to go have coffee it spills the water all over the counter in the eyes of my sister the coffee maker is worthless and she wants me to throw it out it's lost its purpose if it cannot retain the water do you understand (laughs) hint hint I need a new coffee maker um It's lost its purpose. Our cars, when they stop running and they break down all the time, they begin to lose their purpose because they're meant to get us from point A to point B. And if they're not doing that, they become worthless. When we're spending all our time and our money to fix them, we're going to throw them out. We're going to go get a new one. We're going to get our dad's beat-up old car to take us from point A to point B. Do you understand? That is how we become in the eyes of God when we don't serve our purpose anymore. We become worthless. When I was not right in the eyes of God, I was on my way to hell. But I did not know that because I was self-righteous. I said, I don't need a God. I don't need a Savior. I don't need anyone to tell me what I can and cannot do because I'm going to do me. You all heard that before, right, when you're out on the streets? He is patient with us. And that's why he gave us Jesus. Let's keep reading. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. Come on, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. Come on, death, just constantly coming out of their mouth. The poison of vipers on their lips. Their mouths full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. 
and the way of the peace they do not know. You've met people in the world who are always angry. There's absolutely no peace. And you keep telling them, you need Jesus, and they're so proud, and they're so angry. They don't have Jesus. They need the peace of God. Amen? It says there is no fear of God before their eyes. Come on, that is who we are. Our generation and our culture do not fear God. We go out to Wicker Park. People mock God. They laugh at us. We don't need God. Are you, are you crazy? How is a God going to tell me that I'm not good? You don't know what I do. You don't know me. You don't know the good that I do to other people. There's no fear in our generation anymore. There's this, this pride that we are invincible, this idea that we are invincible and that we are meant to do everything and anything that we can right now because we have to live this life to the fullest. I remember what before I was saved I had on my MySpace, living life to the fullest. Come on, I was dead. I was dead on the inside without Christ. And I wasn't living anything. We are sinful people. We need to acknowledge that. People, if you are in this room and you're saying, I live for Jesus, I'm loving Jesus today, don't forget that you without Christ, are un, you're not righteous. You're a sinful person. Come on, think about your personal walk right now with Jesus. How many times you sinned on your way over here? How many times you got upset at your brother and sister and you held anger in your heart? Bitterness. If you're in this place and you're not safe, how many times you looked at pornography this week? How many times you cursed out your neighbor or the person driving that's about to hit you? We are unholy and we need Jesus Christ. We've all fallen short. Come on, even like Isaiah. Come on, remember Isaiah the prophet? He said, woe to me for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. We live among a people, right, with unclean lips. It should break and shatter our hearts. It should not become old to us. It should not become something from the past. Our hearts should be broken in this year, in this group, in this this ministry. I want you to have a heart for the things that God has a heart for, to be broken when you see sin down the street. For it not to be amusing and pleasing to you when you sit in front of the, t- of the TV and you see wickedness and vile things. It should make you puke because that's what it does to the Father. People have become worthless. The people that you love and care for have become worthless in the eyes of God. But he's patient and he's merciful and he wants to use you to speak to those people. He wants you to remember that without him you are nothing. But he's going to use you because he's washed you clean. Come on, in this place, ask yourself, are you backsliding right now? Are you doing less than what you were before you came to Christ? Are you loving the things that you used to hate before? Do you deal with anger? Do you want something that's not yours? Are you putting anything before God in this place? Are you being rebellious or disobedient? Are you indulging in any types of drugs or alcohol, practicing witchcraft? Come on, that gets me. Witchcraft. In our generation, people are selling their souls, giving their souls over right over to the devil, acknowledging that they are talking to him and giving it to him willingly. In this place, are you dealing with those things? 
Have you dealt with those things? He wants to wash you today. He wants to cleanse you. Let's turn to Romans 3.23. We're going to read the scripture. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Everybody say Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Come on. It's through Jesus Christ alone. Come on, if you're in this place and you are acknowledging that you are a sinner, that you have not made yourself right, that you have not repented of your sins, or you've gone back to your vomit, you need Jesus. You need to come to Jesus running to him because he wants to save you and set you free because without him you are not righteous. Without him you are damned to hell. We're not going to clean it up for you. We're not going to make it pretty. This is truth and this is reality. We serve the living God who deserves nothing but pure worship, but, but unblemished, unblemished worship. Come on, a heart that is purely given to him, genuinely given to him, not some false religion, not some fake worship up at the altar, but he wants all of you. And if you're dealing with the things that we mentioned earlier, it's, you're not going to be able to give yourself wholeheartedly to him. He wants all of you. And that's why he gave his son. That's why he sent his son. And he wasn't selfish saying, no, let them perish. He says, no, I want every person. Come on, if there's one person in this room, he's calling for you. He wants you. He's waiting for you. There is a purpose in your life, and that is for you to know God, to worship him. That is the reason why you're here. If you're wondering what the reason of this life is, what is the purpose? Why do I wake up every morning? Why do I work a nine-to-five? That's because Jesus wants you to bow down and worship him here. He wants you to give him your love here in this world and to spend eternity with him. Because there is no fear of God before their eyes. Let there be a godly fear in this place. Let us represent God for who he is when we are out in the streets. Let's show God that he is a God to be respected, a God to be loved and adored wholeheartedly, not someone that you just call when when things are going wrong, but someone that you come to with, with your open arms and you want to be with, someone that you want to spend time with, someone that you want to know. He is the living God, and he wants a real relationship with you in this place. And if you're in this room and you don't know who Jesus Christ is, we were there at one point. At the age of 21, I gave my life to Jesus Christ here in this place, right here in this chair. And I said, I don't want to know God. I don't need him. And I came to this church because someone invited me, my sister. I gave my life to God that day, and I never looked back. I never looked back to the things because he was worthy to be praised. He revealed himself. He spoke to me through a man, and he told me things about my life. There's no way he could have, that, that man could have known. And I will never forget that. God called me. He picked me up out of the dirt, and he washed me, and he continues to wash me. And if he did it for me, if he showed himself so real to me, he will show himself so real to you. This is the God that we serve. We're not patty caking, patty, how do you say that? Patty caking around. Trying to be serious. He is a real God. Guys, let's not forget that. 
you're living for Jesus, come on, you go, go through those dry seasons in your life. Let the fear of God remain in you. It says there's no one who seeks God. Are you seeking God in this place? Can you stand up and say, God, I'm seeking you. I'm seeking you in the darkness, Lord. I'm seeking you when it gets hard. I'm seeking you while I have no job. I'm seeking you while my family thinks I'm crazy. I'm seeking you. If nobody else is seeking you, I will seek you. I will worship you. I will speak words of life. I will be righteous because your son, Jesus Christ, has washed me clean. Come on, let's be bold before God because Jesus Christ has made the way. Without him, there's a block, there's a veil. But Jesus Christ came and he tore that veil. Now you can come and enter into the Holy of Holies. You can enter into God's presence in your car, in the bathroom. Come on, while you shower, you can enter into his presence at work, at church, on the streets, on the bus, on the train, at school. You can enter at all times because Jesus Christ has made way. There's nothing to stop you anymore but your flesh. It's your will. Are you going to surrender it to God? Let there be a fear of God in this place. That you can read this scripture and say, because of Jesus, now that's changed. Because of Jesus, I'm righteous today. Because of Jesus, I can speak life. And my mouth is not an open grave. Hallelujah. Vanessa, come up here. Before we break out into small groups, and we are going to have small groups today, I promise. I want Vanessa to pray for us. I want there to be, for you to pray for a holy fear in this place, that we would acknowledge who we really are. See, Paul was reminding the people of who they really are without Christ, that the law could not make them perfect. The law could not cleanse them. It was through Jesus alone. And for you in this place, coming to church is not going to cleanse you. Paying your tithes, doing the ministry cannot cleanse you. It's you alone giving your heart to him. Don't let religion enter into your heart. Kick it out as fast as possible. Let it be fresh. Let it be new. Let it be just your love for God. Let there be a holy fear. Let the, the fear of God just keep you in this path that's tight. This path that, that can seem so rough and so tight at some times. Come on. Vanessa, pray for that holy fear.